Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. It's not doing it. Good morning. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and we are here fanning the flames at Terra Sancta Retreat Center here in Rapid City, South Dakota. So welcome, everyone. Um, it's wonderful to have you with me for the next couple hours, and we've got two, two incredible guests that are going to be with us today. Um, first of all, I would just like to say I uh, hope you're enjoying Hope you're enjoying April Fool's Day. Uh, we're going to actually weave that into the theme of the program today. Uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit's gift of extraordinary faith and learning how to foster faith over fear. Um, so we're going to have some fun as we look at how the Lord um, overturns the agenda of the evil one. Um, so I have been focused for the last month as I prepared for the program, looking at that scripture from Genesis fifty twenty about what the enemy intended for evil, God can use for good. Um, so with that, we will dive in. I would um, like to start us out with a prayer before I bring our guests on board. Um, this little prayer is by Francis Drake, and it's called Disturb Us, O Lord. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we have sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life, have fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas where the storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. And we will just be bookending our program today with that prayer. Hope you enjoy that. I would like now to uh, talk a little bit about the topic, and then I'll introduce our speaker. So we are, um, I'm going to have Jim Kenyon on with me, who is the Executive Director of Catholic Social Services this morning, and we're, we're going to dive in deeply to this whole area of, um, of fear, actually, when we go to the extremes of fear, and we're going to talk about that in relationship to the pandemic and um, Jim will be looking deeply at some of the mental health issues with that. So, uh, with no further ado, I would like to introduce you to Jim Kenyon. Welcome, and how's your day so far? 
You know, it's always an adventure. Live radio is always fun, but I'm, I'm glad we got, got hooked up. and glad to be here. Yes, yes. It's good. It's good to hear your voice, and I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Um, so, Jim, would you like to give us just a little quick, um, a quick snapshot of yourself? Sure. You know, started. Kathleen and I have known each other, it seems like forever, because way back in the day, I went to school, I went to seminary with her, with her brother, and he finished, and, and I ended up washing out, as Peter would remind me. We usually eliminate the weak ones early, so I finished off in three years, but got a philosophy degree and a theology minor, and then went on and got a master's in counseling from SDSU. Um, have been practicing as an outpatient mental health therapist for about 30 years, and the executive director of Catholic Social Services. Got a small family of five. Um, <laughs> kids are most mainly grown up, mainly grown up, but, uh, you, you know, there's, there's still one at home, so, yeah. My wife and I have been married for 34 years, so. Well, and Jim, I do not believe you washed out. I think you moved right into God's plan for your life. You and, you <laughs> and Lisa are, you're amazing servants of the Lord, um, definitely. So it, it is really fun to see what all he has done through, through both of you, with you, in your marriage um, and your wonderful family. So I'm glad to have you here sure. today. So we're going to dive in a little bit to um, to the gift of faith this morning, and um, and look at that extraordinary faith that uh, that the Lord gives to some people, um, or I would say the Holy Spirit gives to some people. Uh, not necessarily something that that we all um, have to that really extreme degree, but all of us do have faith. You know, as Christians, we we all um, we all have that basic faith that um, I think all the time we're growing in that. You know, or that's certainly the Lord's desire for us that we would be growing in that um, as time goes on, for sure. So um, anyway, I just thought that it would be interesting to start today to talk just a little bit about. Um, I'd like to give a definition of faith. And and again, here I'm talking about the charism, the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. And Catherine of Siena Institute has wonderful materials on this, and I'm going to quote from one of their books that says, uh, Faith is exceptional trust in the love, power, and provision of God, and remarkable freedom to act on this trust. And that's a part we're going to explore a little bit more today. Um, they also have a wonderful little book um, that goes with their, their workshop and their materials. And they highlighted a couple saints that I'd like to share with you before we dive into our discussion um, that I think are just these wonderful um, wonderful guides for us in that radical faith life. So the first is Teresa of Avila. And do you like her like I do, Jim? You know, Maybe well, that- uh, being in Siena and seeing her um, her, her relics were, it was an incredible tour last, this last year. Um, amazing place. Yeah, she's one of my favorites, absolutely. Yes, yes. So Teresa of Avila, she was actually a mystic, and she was a reformer of the Carmelite order, and she is one of the few doctors of the church, or one of the few women doctors of the church. And um, what what they say is that she was a, a woman of unstoppable faith. 
And I just love that unstoppable faith. So I'm going to quote here. It says, when Teresa heard that the dreaded Spanish Inquisition was examining her writings for heresy, she laughed. As Teresa was fond of saying, why should we not expect great things of God? We serve the one who is all powerful. And then... And then St. Francis Xavier Cabrini Cabrini is the other one that I wanted to focus on. And and she had a desire to be a missionary from childhood. And she got sent to the Americas, which we have all benefited from from her amazing faith. Um, So she and members of her order ended up starting hospitals and schools and orphanages and all sorts of ministries to immigrants and, and prisoners. And... Um, I quote here, whenever things look particularly impossible, Francis always took it as a sure sign that God was about to do something wonderful. And I really would like to encourage all our listeners, all of us, um, to to really think about that. You know, when some, when things look hard, can we just tap into that opposite worldview that, oh my gosh, God is about ready to do something really wonderful here. So it's a, it's a great way to begin to think. So um, both of these, these amazing women of the Lord, they just knew that God would come through for them. And, and so then they really also understood that opposition that was up against them at times. So anyway, I just thought it'd be fun to start with that before we dive in. So we're going to we're going to be flexing our faith muscles today as we begin our discussion. So, Jim and I, you, Jim, you and I were talking about um, some of the examples in Scripture of great faith when people were in fierce situations. Any, any of those that we had talked about, um, you know, like Jesus with the disciples in the storm, or um, Ananias and Paul. Uh, you know, any comments on any of those? You know, there's just there's a, such amazing stories. And, you know, as I shared earlier, you know, just coming back from a pilgrimage with Father Christensen in Rome this fall, it just, you, you can't help but just be um, just absolutely stunned when you look at the faith of Paul and you look at the faith, faith of Peter that they bring in a time where the Church is under great persecution. And, and you, know, you can only imagine what it would have been like to be Peter and Paul sharing the same cell, um, knowing that that they're being pushed and pressed to stop proclaiming the gospel, stop preaching the gospel. And, and in the midst of that, having the faith that, that they're willing to face death. And, and, and amazingly, you know, Peter and Paul are both, um, they're referred to as the twins. Um, and, yeah. and it's not because they were born the same day, it's because they died on the same day. They both were yeah. martyred on the same day. And the faith that they showed in the, in, in the, in the face of, 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 of that kind of, and the courage, but more than anything, it really is their faith that, that really sees them through that. And that faith becomes that seedbed from which we all have received it. As we look at where we're at today, as we're trying to figure out how do we live with COVID, um, you know, in the mental health field, you know, I tell you, I, I see anxiety and fear, you know, just dominating. There's certainly a great respect we better have for, for disease and any disease that potentially can be fatal. Um, yes. But I also see that there are a number of people who are not recovering from this. And the faith of those that we see in Scripture, with Peter walking on the water, and Jesus just telling him, you know, you can do this. And keeping his yes. eyes on Christ is so critical. 
And, it, yes. and it's critical for us all at this stage. You know, there's a lot of storms raging, a lot of fear yes. and anxiety. Um, and it's just critical, I think, that we look at those models of faith. Um, and, uh, you know, you're right. There's so many of them in Scripture. Yes. I, I think about uh, Jim, Jesus in in the boat with the disciples, you know, he's sleeping and there the storm is getting worse and worse and worse. And his simple words to quiet the storm, peace, be still, you know, and, and you know, with, of course, you know, he could, he could even command the elements, uh, really amazing. And he told us that we would do greater things than he did. Uh, which, of course, takes a tremendous amount of faith. So um, so we've, we've got kind of the stage set as we go to break here, and Jim and I will be back to talk with you more about um, a little bit about how that fear can escalate and some things that we can do about it. So stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, my name is Father Matt Valgren from the Diocese of Rapid City. I was ordained in June of 2001, but if you had asked me when I graduated from high school in 1991, 10 years before that, if I was going to be a priest, I would have told you most definitely not. Somehow in those 10 years, and really in the four years between graduating from high school and before I entered into seminary, I went through a, a lot of changes. I changed the colleges I went to once. I changed majors once. I moved from studying engineering to studying nursing. And when somebody asked me why, I said because I wanted to move to an area where I was of more service. I believe that that's true. I believe that, that God put that desire in me so that I would be moving on the path towards his vocation, his vocation to the priesthood. Have you ever wondered if your family's past struggles have affected you personally? I'm Father Chris Alar. You and your ancestors are all part of the body of Christ, so you should desire healing for them for the consequence of their past sins. Evidence suggests that these consequences can even be passed down through generations. Well, God does not hold you personally responsible for the sins of your ancestors. He does allow the effect of their deeds to reverberate from one generation to the next. The sins or sanctity of your family members may impact you. So learn how to break free from any sinful bonds in your life. There is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. That very, very first time that we talked on the air, I I felt like I already was being introduced to the faithful of our diocese and to this whole area, which is a great thing because, you know, one of the challenges for a new bishop, an old bishop, any bishop, is to have contact with his people and to be a part of their lives in some way. And Real Presence Radio, from the first day, has helped me to do that. I really feel like I have a way to reach the lives of our Catholic faithful and others as well who just happen to be listening. And that's a real 
real blessing because in a diocese as large as ours, it's hard to get around to every place. I travel all the parishes as much as I can, and yet this is a way that I can reach people that otherwise perhaps I wouldn't be able to visit with. And they get a chance to hear what's on my mind, and through different events that I've participated in on the air, I've heard some of their questions too, which has been a lot of fun. It really is a blessing to me. I feel very fortunate that this network is so alive and so vibrant in our diocese and really in this whole Northern Plains area. It's wonderful. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here with Jim Kenyon who is the Executive Director of Catholic Social Services. And today we are fanning the flames and we are diving into talking about faith over fear. So Jim, um, would you like to share with us a little bit from your mental health perspective about some of the fallout from COVID-19 and what you've you know, been seeing? Yeah, you know, I can only tell you, you know, I've been here for 30 years, and I don't think we've ever had waiting lists like this. And I can tell you, every mental health center is 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 running, every counseling center that I know of is running at capacity. And we have many of our workers that are getting either tired, burned out, or, or retiring and moving out of the field. Um, we've had many of our inpatient facilities running, in, in, in South Dakota anyway, near capacity or over capacity. Sometimes it takes weeks and weeks to get people who, who aren't only anxious, but people who have had suicidal thoughts um, just to begin to find facility and place to, to place them. Um, we have a lot of school teachers I know that are suffering from compassion fatigue and burnout, a lot of nurses, people in healthcare professions. There's just a lot of stress and distress that's coming to our door. Um, some of that is related to COVID. Some of it is, is, is just, I think, um, as a result of either the anxiety or the isolation. Um, we know that substance use is up. Alcohol is up significantly, almost 30% in consumption during the COVID period. Um, so people aren't necessarily managing that especially well. Um, marriages and families um, went through just a terrible period of distress. Um, and, and, and for us trying to come through this, you know, as we know, there, there's still some schools that have been struggling just to, just to reopen, um, and teachers yeah. and educators that are very stressed. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that and, and trying to help people sort of put that in perspective. Because really, I think what we're, we're, we're struggling with primarily here is, is I think we're realizing that we thought we had an acute problem with COVID. And I think we've come to realize it's not an acute problem. This might be chronic. In other words, this disease may come in different variants over time. Yeah. And people can only live at that heightened level of alert and stress and isolation for so long uh, before their body and their mind and their emotional state and their spiritual state begins to sag and lap. Yes. And so helping people um, move forward um I'm not suggesting there aren't some people who need to be very conscious and, and who have high risk and are at, at risk. And, yes. and certainly I've experienced my own family loss. Um, my staff has experienced some loss here as well. Yes. Um, but realistically, we, we we know that in some ways we're going to have to help people um, emerge and, and step forward. Yes. And it doesn't matter just to faith in God. I mean, people need to do the right thing to take care of themselves, to 
to make sure that they're having good conversations with their medical providers to, to consider the options in terms of treatment or prevention or education. And certainly people need to take good care of themselves. Um, yes. And, and, and avoid unnecessary risk. Um, but there's also a risk of not acting. And, and I think we've seen that in our state. You know, I know in just the first quarter of the period of time where we've had COVID, suicide rates spiked again. I mean, and our suicide rates have been up 40% in the last three years anyway. Um, but we had oh 59 goodness. suicides in the state of South Dakota in the first quarter of, of COVID. And, oh and, and those numbers don't seem to be diminishing. And the difficult thing is many of those um, populations we're told that are at high risk for that are our young people. And in our state, we have twice the national suicide rate. Um, so we have to be cognizant and, co- and aware that this disease has an effect. But when people are struggling with anxiety and depression, sometimes what we're trying to do to prevent COVID yes. cross-rips with that anxiety and depression. And, right. and for many of our populations, we have to step forward um, and, and look for ways to re-engage healthy, natural supports and services that people need and education that they're going to need for their lifetime. Yes. So it's a very challenging yes. time. Yeah, it certainly is, Jim. And I, I know I saw firsthand what you were talking about last year when I worked for LifeWays as an addiction counselor at in the high schools. I, you know, I, I saw, you know, the difficulty of getting those teens that needed to be seen, getting them the mental health care they needed. Um, it, it was horrendous. I, I personally saw some horrendous addiction at that level and, you know, know, having worked for LifeWays, that that's going on in the middle schools, too. And, in fact, they are currently getting a program into the elementary schools. So, yeah, it's... It's huge. It is huge, and and I, you know, I we're we're also going to talk about solutions, what people can do today too. But we really do have to get out of that extreme isolation that we've been in, and and certainly in our state, we have not experienced it as much as many other states have. Um, so, and the fallout is bad here, nonetheless. So, yeah, it's um, it's very troubling, Jim, what you're seeing in the mental health field. It is. You know, and, and in the midst of that, you know, we have to we have to stay optimistic and positive and believe that God has a way that even yes. while we're in the midst of this difficult time, um, you know, sometimes we begin to uh, live in such fear and we catastrophize um, or, or we, we begin to believe that we can't do many, many things. And and I think that's what Peter and Paul really teaches, isn't it? Yes, um, yes. You know, uh, God has a plan. And where sometimes it's difficult for us to see or understand, um, you know, what that plan is or how that can unfold, um, sometimes living in the paralysis of fear is worse than death. And, and there's a great book that was just written by Archbishop Charles um, Chaput that sort of addresses this, and, it, and, it, and he calls it things worth dying for. And, and not that any yes. of us should rush to jump on a, uh, on a sword here, because, you know, it, we, do have, we do have to have a great respect for the dignity and worth of all people. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there are some people who are living um, surrounded by a disease that, that really prevents them from bringing their gifts and their talents and their resource and their capacity to the broader community. And, and living that purpose-filled life uh, means that sometimes we're going to confront difficult things and have the courage and faith that God will see us through that. And the beautiful readings today at Mass 
Again, it's just incredible readings, you know, just an incredible reading uh, this morning at Mass as, as Father Brian talked about, you know, the testing that Jesus was going to undertake during this Lent season. Um, but the courage that was required for him to, to face those tests, uh, to bring about the salvation and good of souls, uh, it's extraordinary. And, and our faith um, can give us that meaning and purpose even in the midst of, of times of trials and challenge. Yes, yes, I I really believe that. You know, Jim, I know, though, that you and I probably, over our, our work experience and lifetime, we've probably had multiple experiences to face fears, is what I'm guessing. And the two of us may be a little more comfortable about doing that than some people who maybe have not had as much experience with that. You know, I... I was remembering as I was preparing for this, taking care of a patient at Harborview Medical Center in Seattle who the infectious disease doctors could not figure out what was going wrong with her. And uh, no one had ever seen a disease like that that she had. And we were double masked, double gowned, double everything. And, you know, we took care of her. You know, and that's just as nurses, you know, with my nursing background, that's what you do. Um, Not that actually there was sensitivity to people who were not okay about being in that situation. You know, so there were people that opted not to care for her. You know, as well as during the AIDS epidemic, I worked right in the midst of that in the 80s. And, you know, I remember thinking myself, because of patients I had cared for the first time I got tested for that, I thought, oh, my gosh, I could have it from one of my patients because I took care of, I worked in the intensive care unit and took care of some really complex patients. So, you know, and and then I have to, uh, one of the memories of one of the kind of craziest patients I took care of uh, was he was the lone survivor of the Chinatown massacre in Seattle. So he was the only witness they had for a trial that was coming up and I was taking care of him under double guard and I do remember I do remember one evening taking care of him thinking okay if you know if this you know if these people come in blazing guns and they you know take care of the two guards what am I going to do you know I thought about the noble throw myself over his body and protect him but really I kind of thought I would be heading for the closet (laughs) (laughs) So, so, but, but those faith muscles are things that need to be flexed for sure. And Jim, in your life, you have dealt with difficult situations in your field, I'm sure. You know, there's, there's definitely been challenges in time, but you know, I, I, we, we, you and I, when we were were talking informally, you know, I mean, the piece that I can really see is is that right now we're struggling with what, what, what we both were laughing about. It's called bubbles and bunkers. Um, we've yes. got some folks who are too afraid to face the world, who who, who believe that that um, whatever's going on in the world, whether it be the, the war in, in in the Ukraine or the, the the pandemic, or you know maybe some of the things that have been going on in our streets with regards to 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 some of the social issues that have been pressing us. You know, there are people that either want to raise their kids in bubbles. Or people who want to, who are very conservative, that believe we just have to let the world go to heck on the handbasket, and we have to go to yeah. a bunker and let this whole thing pass through. And and really, I, when I hear that, I sit there and wonder. I, I wonder if those folks are reading the gospel because, really, <laughs> that's not what that's not the good news, and that's not yes. what's being proclaimed. 
Um, and that's not how it was proclaimed through Jesus or the life of the lives of our saints. And uh, it, it's a great opportunity. And to actually believe that God is calling new life and hope and light, um, and that we want to be a part of that in the world. Yes. And especially in the world today. Yes, yes. We, so no we, bubbles, no bunkers. <laughs> exactly. And, and let's be that light. You know, let's let that light shine. I mean, people could really come to know the Lord right in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah, that that is, you know, that's that's our hope. Um, but we have we have to respond as Christians and not just hunker down and focus on ourselves. It has to be a more selfless focus that gets out there for sure. So we will be talking more about that as we come back from our break. Um, so more talk on bubbles and bunkers or abundant blessings. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. As Christians, we are challenged to see things more clearly, to have faith in God, even as we proceed during the challenges of daily life. 
Psalm 1610 speaks of God not allowing the holy to decay. Seeing clearly, having a strong faith, and staying holy is something that St. Catherine Labore showed deeply in her life. This French nun from the 1800s had visions. These included seeing Mary in the miraculous medal, as well as seeing the heart of St. Vincent de Paul. She then committed to a life of compassionate service to the elderly. After her death, Catherine's body did not decay and is considered incorruptible by the Church. During this Lent, how can we become more incorruptible with habits that do not decay, staying faith-filled and holy with acts of Christian compassionate service for others? This has been Michael Gisandi with a bit of Catholic encouragement. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in Sacred Scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken, every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central, here on Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. This is Kathleen Kavorik here in rainy Rapid City this morning, and Jim Kenyon from Catholic Social Services is with me, and we are talking about fear versus faith. And we're going to go more deeply into that in this next section. So... Um, I saw, and maybe many of you listeners have seen this, FEAR uses an acronym, which is false evidence appearing real. So, and if you haven't seen that one, it's kind of a fun one. So FEAR as false evidence appearing real. Um, So we're going to go into that just a little bit more. Um, Jim, what are you seeing just with, you know, you know, we've got a normal human response to fear, you know, where we go into fight, flight, or we freeze. And I've, I've seen examples of all of that. What, what are you seeing in people's, both their physical and their emotional response to fear? You know, what are you seeing as a counselor? You know, obviously, there's, there's those classic symptoms of, of anxiety and generalized anxiety, and and even even phobias or or paranoia. You know, there's obviously just that muscle tension. You know, sometimes sleeplessness or 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 um, oftentimes digestive kinds of issues, stomach upset, just system not yes. not operating as normal. You know, you find some people that get to panic, where literally they experience mm-hmm. an adrenaline rush, and their thoughts are racing, and they. They they feel their blood pressure raise and they 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 almost breathe to the point where they they almost feel like they're going to pass out. Um, yeah. Those are some of those very common physical kind of symptoms. And when you talk about emotional symptoms, I mean obviously that agitation, that extreme agitation is there. You know, but but you know, there's also the cognitive struggles that people have. The you know, I can't, and 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 pretty soon mm-hmm. you know their can'ts are I can't go outside, I can't go um, here. You know the the they, they get themselves to the point where, where for example, they, many don't even think they can get back to church. Um, some people are still having people deliver groceries um, or wiping down everything with, uh, yes. with, 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 so you can just, I can, I can, I can. And pretty soon they're kind of talked into a corner. 
where the only way to be safe is to be in this isolated state. And then the other thing you see is you see catastrophizing. When yes. people get stressed and distressed, they get to the point where where blue skies appear gray and gray skies appear black, and and they just think, oh, you know, this is a bad thing, and then they just run to the, what the logical consequence is. And, and it's usually, you know, so devastating that, that it, you know, it's almost like a silverback gorilla breaks into your house and is about to attack you. I mean, having some yeah. kind of reasonable sense of, Certainly there are risks, and being informed and, and aware of those and being conscious of those is a good thing, but when it becomes so preoccupying and so dominating in my life that, that I am living in those places of, of bunkers and bubbles, that's where we yes. have to start start reaching out and finding some supports that will help us move through those and yes. help us find a balanced life again. So those you emotional know. things that I can and catastrophizing just are just very disabling. And depression and anxiety want us, want us immobile and isolated. Yes. And that's where those diseases grow and feast. Um, yes. So being so, aware of how they work. So we're p- providing the the perfect um, media for that, aren't we? You know, like I, I'm like I'm like seeing um, you know I'm seeing how bugs grow. You know, on on a, a petri dish, and we're just yeah. providing. We're, we're providing that in a way, and we need, to, we need to look closely at that. You know, Jim, I think I'm thinking, too, from a nursing perspective of what happens in the body when you stay in that fear state. And ultimately, our immune systems are negatively affected. And that's, that's what scares me for people who are staying in this extended fear. Um, I, I am really worried that they are more vulnerable in a sense, than anyone else. I, I think I myself have, um, I lost taste and smell. And actually, I lost it for about six months. And I'm, I, I'm fortunate that I just turned it right over to the Lord. And I'm like, I don't believe this is for life. I'm just not going there. It's obnoxious. You know, it made it hard to season food, have company over, because I couldn't smell or taste very well myself but i you know it was a conscious choice to go to the lord and to let him reassure me and it's come back you know fully so so again um you know to to have that turning to the lord um that that we would do that more often and versus Versus trying to stay in those self-imposed little bubbles. Uh, I, I think back on the bubble issue to Bubble Boy from, I think, from the 80s or 70s, um, who had an awful immune, um, immune, um, immune disease where he actually had to be in a bubble. And, you know, it was horrendous and the news media covered it big time. So we all saw these pictures of Bubble Boy and, you know, people reaching in their arms, you know, kind of like they do with a neonate to give him things. And, you know, no one could be with him. But we are doing that kind of self-imposed for people who, I mean, people are choosing that who don't even have the pre-existing conditions where they do need to be extra cautious. So, um you know, hopefully, hopefully we can reach out as Christians to help people who are in some of those self-imposed bubbles or bunkers overall. So Absolutely. important, important that we start, we begin to help each other build that faith over fear, for sure. 
Yeah. You know, and, and it, it, the, the way stress works is, you know, it, there are many people that just think of stress as a real negative. It's a terrible thing, and, and anxiety is a bad thing. But we also have to remember that there's a healthy, normal stress, and that yes. pressure and stress sometimes causes us to grow. I used to have this wonderful professor who I always used to teach, and when, and when he would teach, he would talk about we go from what we know to what we don't know. The transition from I know addition to now the teachers are asking me to do multiplication. And this is really confusing, and, it, and it's very stressful. And at first, I feel like I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. And for some of us have a little dyslexia, uh, boy, that, that, that phase seemed to last at a long time. And I remember sitting with my oldest daughter, Teresa Kenyon, and one of the funniest things that I remember was, was she was struggling with algebra, and I sat down to try and help her. You know, and she just kept on saying, I can't, I don't get it, I'm just not good at math, and all these kind of things. And I yes. finally looked at her and I said, Teresa, is this an intellectual problem or an emotional problem? Because she's tearing up and she's so panicked. And, you know, now she's a teacher. She became a teacher. She went on and got a master's in education. And, and obviously, you know, she got through those windows, those those places in time, those challenging times. Um, and, and obviously she's more passionate about education now than ever. And for many of us, that's what we have to recall is, is we have to push back at some of these things. Yes. We have to realize we're gifted and we're blessed and we're talented and God has a plan and he has a desire for us to transform the world, to transform yes. the world. And and pushing back and moving out in that world is the place where our passions lie. And and it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity to be a Christian today. It's an extraordinary opportunity. There are so many people who haven't even really been exposed to the gift of faith yet. Many of our young people haven't rejected faith. They just have, they never participated in it. To be an evangelist today... To be a person proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, I mean, it, it, it is, as, as, as Monsignor Shea says, we're kind of back in a pre-Christian era. Many of our kids and our young people have not been exposed. And when they receive the gift of that, that, that um, grace of faith, the transformation of their life will be profound. Um, and so we reach, live in a target-rich environment, a target-rich environment, and an opportunity to bring about conversion and more importantly, meaning, purpose, and love in the world in which we live. Yeah, what a grace time! What a grace time! Yes, yes. And even as you're talking there, I just keep kind of hearing, "Speak life." We've got to speak life to each other here. You know, in that in that biggest sense, it is a it's a time of marvelous opportunity. And and again, we need to not. You know, retreat into our bubbles or retreat into our bunkers and our self-focus. Um, it's it's really it really is a marvelous opportunity, I think. Um, so there are a lot of different things we can do, aren't there, Jim? As as we explore this area of flexing our faith muscles, you know, I, I mean, first of all, I think that we we have to be discerners in this. You know, we, we certainly do have a number of people in, in our population who have multiple pre-existing conditions, and there is a huge need for safety in that case. But, you know, being that discerner, talking with the Lord, getting your direction from Him, and not necessarily from the media. I mean, I think our media... Uh, I use the word awfulizes, um, awfulizes things to the extreme. And so I would say, you know, turn off the news and tune in to God. You know, just turn that time over to prayer. 
and that's super important in this season. Yeah, yeah I think and you know you, you, that word of advice is just so critical. You know, I, I see some people, and and even myself, like you kind of wonder, my gosh, I've seen a person walking down the street; they're the only person on this block, and they're wearing a mask. Yeah, and you're going like, I, I don't know, you know, realistically. But you know, on the other hand, you know they're obviously moving through, and 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 that's that's a reality here. So I just came back from Washington D.C. for Catholic Charities USA conference, and let me tell you, it is a different world. I mean, we live very fortunately in a very rural region. Um, when you're walking through, you know, major cities, the crowds are incredible, and yes. you know, people have to know their situation, and we have to respect people's individual decision about how they handle or how they address. Yes. Some of these stresses and the anxiety, and in not avoid being judgmental, because you're exactly right. I, you know, you may look like a 30 year old healthy person. I may not know that you have breast cancer. Exactly. Um, respecting and honoring your situation, and 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 relying on you to make good decisions with your medical professionals regarding your own health. Um, you know, we have to thank God for people that are that are showing good judgment and making good choices. Um, yes, but at the same time. Uh, we have to have the courage to, to continue to look for ways to move forward in our situation. Yes. And and there really has to be a respect on both ends of the spectrum in this, you know, for Absolutely. what you said, Jim, for those for those personal decisions. It is super, super important. Well, stay with us, listeners. We're going to be going to break, and we will continue this discussion about And we'll go into how perfect love casts out fear. I'm here with Jim Kenyon today from Catholic Social Services. And we'll be back with you soon. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. In preparation to celebrate the passion, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus, we should consider Lenten activities that focus on real change that is radical and long-lasting. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1, speaks to the ways of God being incorruptible instead of human wisdom. St. John Vianney, a parish priest in the 1800s, is quite an example of the incorruptible ways of Christ. His faith in evangelization became well-known as he went to the farms and towns, houses and taverns, tirelessly preaching, hearing confessions, and helping the poor. His parish underwent what locals called a radical change. After his death, the saint's body did not deteriorate, a testament to his commitment to the ways of God. For Lent, consider the incorruptible ways of more frequent Mass, more frequent confession, and more frequent prayer. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. 
We all like to shop local, but sometimes there are items you can't easily get nearby. The next time you shop online, think of Real Presence Radio. If you use our special link, Real Presence Radio will get a portion of your purchase price on Amazon, and it won't cost you anything additional. Just go to realpresenceradio.com slash smile, and you're all set. You'll be directed to Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase price will be donated to Real Presence Radio. It's easy, fast, and doesn't cost you a dime. Find the link at realpresenceradio.com slash smile. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here with Jim Kenyon of Catholic Social Services. And we are here with you live at Terra Sancta Retreat Center. We're talking about the whole issue of faith over fear uh, in this environment where we've been dealing with a lot of fear. In this section, we're going to be talking about how we really can flex our faith muscles. So we had talked about initially um, being people of prayer, people of discernment, turning to the Lord for discernment. Um, secondly, I think we need to be really critical thinkers in this environment. We need to... Um, really consider issues from all angles. I think we've got to be very aware of media distortions of many of the issues and be sure that we're hearing all of the story. Um, when when we kind of tap into a single narrative, I think that's a bit of a danger zone. And so if, if you've done that, that might be something for you to look at. And if you're feeling like a lack of freedom, um, look carefully at those kinds of things. And I think we've got to be particularly careful in our society right now about having voices be silenced. Jim, any thoughts on those things? Yeah, you know, I, I, the only the only voice I'd like to see silenced, and, and, and at least some folks would like, is the news. <laughs> um, you know, and, 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 and that isn't meaning that we should be uninformed. I, I do yes. certainly being an informed person. You know, our faith is not in opposition to reason. Not in opposition to reason; those two things work simultaneously. As Catholics, we know that it's faith and reason. It's the the combination of these great things. So, so having appropriate information is a good thing. Um, but I think we also have to be discerners, as you're talking about about where we receive our news and where we receive information. And we have to have a way of keeping some of that in perspective. You know, there are a couple of different news networks that I'm glad I don't have cable TV. I mean, just being um, out in, in, in Washington, D.C., and in a hotel room with the news, uh, you know, after a while, I began to almost feel panic. I mean, you, you just look at it, you go, and you can flip from one station to another station, and it's like radical, extreme reality, and you're kind of going to yourself, you know, one way or another, you're going to live in this in this fear. And, and certainly, that's what we have to recall with media. Media sells when it's sensational, when they have sensational yes. news. And so they, they look for details and, and, and distortions that create this whole high level of anxiety because it, it, it's what teases us to stay with it and continue to watch that. You know, and, 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 and I hope, you know, as much as I like reading a newspaper, you know, and, and I'm even one of those old-fashioned people, I like the real paper newspaper to hold in my <laughs> the hands. paper you know? newspaper. <laughs> uh, the, thing, the thing I have to get used to is the idea that you want to know what I... I read my newspaper religiously, and I probably would be better to read the Bible religiously. 
Yes. I'd probably be better to be founded and grounded in the reality of an eternal life and what this means for me in my day-to-day existence. And, and that's probably a better place to drive the, or to be a driving force in terms of what I do with information and what I do with my life and, and what direction I had with regards to my day-to-day discernment. Um, if, if, I'm, if I'm counting on Fox News or MSNBC to be my driving factor for tomorrow, um, you know, I, I probably am going to be in the bunker or try and live in a terrarium. Um, and, and neither one of those are healthy. Neither one of those are healthy. You know, as soon as you take a plant out of a terrarium and it faces any adversity, it just shrivels. Yes. Um, that's yes. not the environment for, for an active, faithful person. Um, that, we're to bring is... light and leaven to the world. To the world. What an extraordinary vocation and mission. That God's entrusted little me with all my faults and failings and struggles as a person. God has entrusted me to bring that life to the world. You know, like, I, I see some people like, oh, my goodness, they couldn't have more than one child. they paralyzed, terrified. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, I don't have all the money saved for their college education. They're not even bored yet. Good <laughs> Lord. Good Lord. You know, yes. we have faith yes. and confidence that tomorrow the sun is going to rise. And are we going to be responsible stewards of our resources? And and that that is that that's what Jesus is saying. Don't bury the talents in the ground. I have given you much, and He will expect something. Yeah, it's yes. a great world to participate in. Yes, yes, and really, like Saint John Paul II, we need to be not afraid. You know, he yeah, I, he repeated that so many times in his long ministry as a pope in in the church. And, of course, as did Jesus, as did many of the angels, the first things, you know, be not afraid. There's a reason they said that, don't you think, Jim? <laughs> you, you know, it's incredible. You know, you, you, you read the Gospels, and, and, and this is what I'm told, anyway, I haven't counted it, but they tell me Jesus said 365 day, times, do not be afraid. In the gospel, three hundred and sixty. Yes. So the one one of the messages that was essential for us to understand, apparently, is Jesus said it every day, literally <laughs> hundred three hundred sixty five days a year. He's telling us, fear not, to have confidence, to believe that God has a plan. You know what? What an amazing uh, testimony uh, for those of us who, who, like me, sometimes struggle with anxiety. Yes. Um, Realistically, that's a part of our that's a part of our makeup, and yes, and not unreasonably to be good judges about how we how we what we do with our life, um, but yeah, to move forward. And this is not the only time in history that we've dealt with things that are fearful. You know that's for sure. I you know I look at John. Uh, Pope John Paul II, his formation through life, and you think about what he endured through World War II, and it made him an incredibly faith-filled and resilient man. I mean, you know, he, he chose the better part, definitely, but, you know, you look at him, and he was really the first pope to travel the world at the extent uh, that he did, and he had a huge, huge impact. So um, amazing to look at his faith life. He's he's a great exemplar for us. 
I had a little quote, Jim, that I ran across from St. John Paul II that I'd like to share. The quote is, peoples and nations of the entire world need to hear these words. Their conscience needs to grow in the certainty that someone exists who holds in his hands the destiny of this passing world. And this someone is love. Yeah. And we have to keep our eyes on him. You know, he is the author of love. And, and I, love the, uh, I love the scripture quote from 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, where it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. You know, so it's just kind of fun to even think, Jim, about those three things. You know, you know so if we look at you know, having a sound mind, we already talked a little bit about you know, being a critical thinker in the midst of this. Um, you know, I think that we can observe our own responses to, conver- to conversations, say, about the pandemic. You know, um, if we're getting anxious as we listen to somebody's you know, dialogue, you know, dive in and do your own research. Because if something is moving you to fear, again, that's usually not of God. Um, we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Those things are so important. You know, and, and yeah. I think that focus on love is, is just essential. And I'm sure, Jim, you see that so much in your counseling practice. You know, I, I mean, we both would say tap into that deep well of the love of the Lord. I mean, that is the most important thing for sure. Um, but, but also our love for each other. You know, um, you know, see how those Christians love one another. Are, are people seeing that in this time? You know, and, and we live in a time where, where obviously there's some real stresses, and we're obviously going through some racial tensions, clear divisions in terms of our political views, um, some real stresses even within the church with regards to, you know, I'm, you know, follower of John Paul, and I'm a follower of, of Pope Francis, and, and we can see clearly that there are battle lines in some ways that are getting drawn, but it is that call to communion, to community, to yes. faithful following, and to be one children under a common father. And and while there will always be sibling rivalry and finger-pointing and anxiety, <laughs> and not that all of that is unfounded, right? It's not a completely insane, because there is evil in the world, and we, we have to deal with that reality, right? Yes. But on the other hand, we're called to build the family of God. We're called to treat each other with the dignity and respect that, that, that Christ treats us, to love as Jesus loves us. And sometimes that's a difficult thing. Sometimes that's a yes. difficult thing. Um, but alienating and making the other evil, um, not understanding that we all are, are good and decent, um, you know, that's, that's a temptation, and that's the division of darkness. Yes. And we need to call that out. We need to call that out in ourselves, and we need to call that out in others. Um, there's no room for racism in, in the Catholic Church. There's yes. no room for, 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 for hatred. Um, and there's no room to say, well, they'll have to fare on their own. Good luck. I'm, I'm in the bunker. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, it's so important 
So important, Jim, these points that you have raised. Um, As we go to break here, listeners, stay with us, and Jim and I will be back to wrap up this section on faith over fear. So stay with us here on Real Presence Live. (music) 